now. This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to episode 99 of Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news in a minute. But in a massive week in football, it all kicked off last night with the Socceroos in Syria drawing one all in Malacca in the first leg of the World Cup playoff tie against Syria, leaving qualification on a knife edge. And the opening round, of course, of the A-League kicking off tonight. We're excited about that, and we've got it all covered here tonight on Box to Box. First up, Socceroos legend John Cosmina. He'll dissect last night's game. And then we'll chat to the Australians, Ray Gatt, about the latest in the ongoing governance crisis in the game. And, of course, we'll wrap up the first hour, as we always do, with our man Dean Hennessy to preview the opening round of the A-League. In the second hour, we'll kick off with second edition news. Then we'll continue our preview of the A-League with Sydney FC champion Alex Brosk before Dino looks through the international scene and we'll wrap it up with stoppage time. Edgley, I don't like it, mate. I'm not feeling happy. You're not feeling the love? I mean, uh, everybody all day has been talking about... uh, Everybody all day has been talking about um, Iran all over again, but I don't believe it's the case. Look, a 1-1 draw is probably a fitting result considering the flow of the game. Um, You know, if you could tailor two halves, we... We did well in the first half. In the second half, uh, we didn't do so well, and we copped a goal, albeit from a extremely an extremely dubious a friendly Iranian referee. Yes, but we will talk about that so. with uh, uh, John Cosmina when he comes on the line shortly. But um, good afternoon, Dean Hennessy. Uh, I Hello. know you want. I know you want to say good afternoon to the listeners right around Australia on NTS. I do. Yes. Sport. Good afternoon to everybody. Uh, Dino, um, we were just lamenting the uh, because both of us uh, had an early start this morning. We we're just lamenting the beautiful 100, 105 minutes uh, sleep we had between the end of the game and we had to get up and go to our day jobs. Yes, uh, um, but pretty tough. Pretty tough. <laughs> so it's been a, a tough old day to battle through. What are your initial thoughts on what has transpired overnight in Malacca? Well, I have a funny feeling. It has a very similar feeling to a certain game we played many, many years ago. Mm, 1997. Yeah, with that 1-1 draw where a young Harry Kuehl got us a a goal there, away goal, thinking that that might be just a really valuable away goal. Mm. And then to obviously draw that game 1-1, then be 2-0 up at home at the MCG, full of a packed house, and then for just, what was it, it was about five, yeah, that, that most probably upset the... The momentum. Most probably. Um, well, you can never, in you, bold. You can't ever pin it on that. Oh, Dino, it changed no, yeah, everything. That it, night, it, no. it doesn't. It doesn't say, right, now he's ripped the net and we've lost 15 minutes. But it allowed them to go. regroup. Well, it does. But again, you, it's what you're made of. And uh, and I thought last night, um, I don't know, it just we just seemed to stop at one stage mm. in the second half we've had a couple of chances where we we've, we should have most probably kicked on and got a second possibly a third mm. um but then we've stopped and then it was really hard to arrest the the, the onslaught that they were throwing at us uh, there was some great defending most of the time some good saves um but the penalty's harsh i mean it, at best it's harsh i mean i i actually thought he pulled for a foul because it was a free kick against uh yeah, didn't it? But um, wasn't mm. to be, and it was a penalty. And I just thought, I haven't seen many. In fact, I can't remember seeing one like that 
for a long, long time. Well, he just went up for the header and won it, didn't he? He did, yeah, he did. I mean, body to body. I mean, not, I, I can understand if this was a little short bloke, but this, he's the biggest bloke on the park, <laughs> and he's competing with him, and he's jumped first, and you, you have every right, whether it's at one end or the other end of the ground, whether you're defending or attacking, if you make the first jump... You generally have that, that's, that's your priority to get a little nudge in like they do. It's body to body. He jumps, he hangs, he heads it clear. It's, for me, good defending. I mean, I can't even, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, just over 2,000 fans at the game. Uh, three things stood out to me. Um, the Iranian fans, there was about uh, 1,500 of them and um, 500 Syrian, Australians. But oh, sorry, the yeah, Syrian, yeah, no, Syrian fans. Yeah, yeah, I've got the Iranian, <laughs> the Iranian fans Iranians, were there supporting yeah, the referee. That's right, the Iranian fans. There was about 2,000 Iranians then. But, uh, they made, uh, the Syrians made a lot of noise and uh, great support for their and for Edge, home team. And Dina, this is where I, I want to jump in. And this is a clarion call to all Australian football supporters, right? We have allowed the away teams in smaller numbers to dominate the noise factor at our home games for too long. We have to own Stadium Australia Just at home. Words, Dino. These and at, words. whether it's getting a band in there uh, to play the brass behind the... Uh, the goal at one end. We've got to do something. I mean, you just go back to that Amy Park uh, game and uh, and the ties in that quarter. They came in their numbers and they made a lot yeah. of noise and they dominated the noise factor. You go back to Etihad Stadium with the Japanese and their chance. We just sit back and let the away teams dominate the atmosphere factor and we don't have any genuine uh, 12th man in the crowd, do we? No, you don't. I mean, uh, if you look at the most probably... The when there's big games in the second, let's talk about the A-League, that when it's a big game, so mm. like this weekend, Sydney will bring X amount of fans yep. to Melbourne. Um, and vice versa. And then and, and Western, Western Sydney Wonders, obviously we throw them into the same mm. into same bracket. They'll bring a decent home, home and away. Like So all of a sudden you've got an atmosphere where the opposition, I mean, I've seen Western Sydney Wonders mm. at Etihad, where they've made as much noise as the Victory fans, and it's a full house. So for me, your away support uh, is important. But we're talking now about the home support, and I think that's where it's really important that um, with regards to your home support, this is your advantage. This is what you live for. Every club and every international country has the home field advantage and mm. they use it to their effect but if you haven't got that support even in the and it's it's not when it's going well mm. it's when it's not going exactly, well Dina. that's what we, we, we are more you, reactive when, struggling, we? when we're under the pump or we're having a bad spell yeah, yeah. this is where you want you know even if it's a little bit of like a bit of fear factor from the crowd's perception yeah, yeah. that gets hangs them back to the players and they go hold on we got to dig in here yes and it yeah. really makes a big big difference yeah and our crowd as i was saying reactive we we raise the noise level when our boys are on the front foot. That's not when we need it. It's uh, it's when we're on the back foot that uh, that everybody. I mean, I'm going to contrast it with another sport. Recently, as we all know, GWS came to Melbourne to play Richmond. There were there were 95,000 people there. Now Richmond ended up winning that game easily. But at various points when GWS kicked a goal, there were about 3,000 fans. They had a little brass section behind the yep. goals, and they made some noise. They yeah. at least let that 90,000. We're people actually here. G- yeah, we. 
are here and we'll make some noise. So how about we get something done about that? Now, I think this is... Uh, the biggest one most probably, just to bring it back to our sport, mm. is the Japan game at home. Yeah, yeah. That's where it most probably hit home, yes. where we're going, hold on. It's like yeah. we're, we're away here because it was, could hear a pin drop at times. Look, I, I won't, I've just been listening to you guys go on about that uh, for about five minutes, but mm. uh, the culture of football in Australia is still evolving and developing. The best Australian atmospheres are at World Cup matches overseas when you get yeah. um, passionate uh, football Made followers. They evolve and develop on the lounge if we don't get something but going But we have, a, we have a culture in Australian uh, sport where we get a, a lot of these big events. We get a lot of theatre goers. We get a lot of uh, mm. people that don't normally go to the football. Mm. You know, they want to, you know, they've paid 80 bucks, 90 bucks, 120 mm. bucks, 150 bucks for their, for their ticket. They mm. want to sit there and have their glass of Chardonnay and, yeah. and, uh, and watch the game because it's an event to go to rather than the football culture. But you agree. You world. agree we've got to... Well, it's oh, got to be better. There's no question about that. But look, it's not a determining factor in, in the game in any way. Our I team, beg to differ. Our team will get... Um, can, I, can I just go back to another one? Let's go back to the time when we went there for the very first time to the World Cup from the 74. Mm. That particular night then, that crowd was at that stage the loudest I've ever heard in Australia when we qualified for the World Cup. So what in was 1974? No, from 74 to the next one. We 2005, actually, of so course. So when we yeah. actually got there, I was going to say, Dan, I yeah. can't recall no, you no, ever I'm, mentioning you. I was, I was born. <laughs> I was actually most probably nine years old then. But no, what I was alerting to, the noise that night yeah, yeah, was, was unbelievable. Yeah. And and what happened is it all started in the away leg yeah. when they were disrespecting Correct. Australia. Yeah. So what Australia did, they booed the national anthem. They did mm. all the. They, they actually go, well, you know what? You we do, made it uncomfortable. Exactly right. And that's what we have to do yeah, yeah. this time round. Because I yeah. think the boys need this, mm. and I think if they've got their tails with a mm. real good crowd behind them, mm. we're good enough. We're better than they are, mm. but you know, yeah. they showed with that small little crowd that they could mm. actually make a noise, and yeah. it made a big benefit to them. It did. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about that game uh, after the break with John Cosmina, but Edge, uh, we've got a couple of little news items. We can't exactly call it first edition news if we only cover the uh, the one game. And there's the small matter of the A League kicking off tonight uh, at Amy Park. Well, in the lead-up to the A-League, obviously the clubs have been having their launches and Melbourne Victory had theirs, but what was interesting out of the Melbourne Victory launch was that their chairman, Anthony DePetro, has blasted the FFA on the eve of the new A-League season. DePetro mm. said, It is embarrassing. FIFA will be required to sort out Australian football's congressional impasse. We generate... We, when he's talking about we, he's talking about the A-League, generate 70% of football revenue in Australia, and yet collectively the A-League clubs only have one vote in the Congress of 10, uh, a token uh, a token vote or a meaningless vote. Uh, the A-League clubs and the PFA are pushing for more voting power with a 9-5-1-1 model rather than the proposed 9-4-1-1 uh, as the state federations and uh, the FFA have proposed. Uh, we're going to talk to Ray Gatt a little bit later in a bit more detail about the impasse and what's likely to transpire. He's all over it, as he always is. We're looking forward to that. The other item that's interesting is that... Uh, uh, the A-League chief, Greg O'Rourke, who we haven't heard a lot of. We have this week uh, with various media commitments that he's made on the opening of the A-League season has targeted the 2019-2020 season for possible expansion in the competition. We're still committed to expand and we have a long-term horizon that will probably look like 16 teams. You don't think that's said. burying the lead, mate? I mean, after we've had the entire off-season to have this conversation on the eve of the competition kicking off, that just got, gets tossed in there. I mean, that's front uh, or back page news in, mm. in this game um, in any other week. I think even just reading you know, to that presser as well, the, the, the expansion, it's an interesting expansion uh, 
process as well, isn't it? It looks quite familiar. Mm, it does. All right, boys, we'll listen. We've got a stack more news, so uh, stick around because uh, it, the opening of uh, the second hour will get through a lot more. But one more story, or not one more story, but one more uh, angle on the conversation of that story that's dominated the opening of this show will be after the break with Johnny Cosmina. Uh, I don't think he'll be pulling any punches because he never does. Um, we're going to dissect it from a coach's point of view, find out whether he thinks it's all doom and gloom or whether uh, we're sitting pretty come Tuesday night. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport and... We're on the knife edge. Australia had it all to play for in Malacca in Malaysia against Syria in the first leg of the World Cup tie. We needed a result. We got a result, not quite the one we wanted, but uh, go through it in detail. Soccer legend, football legend in this country, John Cosmina. Welcome to the show again, Cosy. Um, morning, guys. Hey, Cosy. Uh, give us your take on it, mate. Um, happy, disappointed in between. Because we never got the win, because it, you know the win away from home would have been um, would have been vital, um, you know, for our ongoing success. It, um, the draw was it was a solid performance. If you look at it from a performance point of view, I think the team played in a lot more balanced fashion. Um, I think Josh Ridson made a, a big difference um, because he understands that role. Um, a lot better, especially from the defensive aspect of it. And so I think we defended better than we have um, in probably the last half a dozen games at least. Um, so that aspect of it was good. Um, we we penetrated a little bit better. Um, you know, there was a lot more, I guess, positive passing. Um, but, you know, we, we fell apart. Not fell apart, but I think we... Um, we let them back into the game with about 30 minutes to go, and that actually coincided with Ritz and substitution. So um, I think there's something to, to come out of that. But um, yeah, they got the Syrians. You got to, you can't take anything away from them. They're actually a good football side. They did cause us some problems. Um, they've got a few tidy footballers in that team. Um, look, having said all that, I think the game on Tuesday night would um, it won't be easy, but Australia, I think, at home will win. Cosy, the, um, the the three players that came into the actual the squad and then actually got a start, Beach, German and Risden. You mentioned Risden did very well, but they all performed pretty admirably, didn't they, those three three players that came in right from outside the squad? Yeah, they did. I think, um, you know, as is Beach, um, was comfortable. And he's played there before and, and done that. He understands that role as well. Um, Matty German, as a, as a debutant, was um, fantastic. Great. He look, he's he's really matured as a player. Um, I had him at Sydney FC as a as a junior, as a, not junior, sorry, as, as a youth team player, um, and gave him his debut um, in the A League. And look, I think he's he he had a bit of a rough patch, but to his credit, he really um, sort of knuckled down and applied himself to football after he came back to Sydney from Brisbane, and um, and now he's playing overseas, and he's got himself a. a, a an Australian cap, which is, is fantastic. And and he played really, really well last night. He's, he's a very, very solid defender, and it's probably something we've been missing for a while. Absolutely. The goalkeepers at both ends uh, had good games, and the, they made crucial savers, saves towards the end of the match. But um, everybody uh, who's a soccer fan of the Socceroos, or football fan of the Socceroos, will be um, lamenting the penalty decision. 
what's your take on that decision and um, were we hard done by or did Syria, um, the way they play, deserve a goal? Well, look, you can say that we deserved more than a goal the way we played. We hit the post twice. So, I mean, on the balance of play, yes, maybe they did. Um, but I think the penalty was soft. Um, I can understand why the referee gave it. I guess from his perspective, um, it, then there was contact. It looked like Matt Leckie um, pushed the player in the back. Um, it wasn't a, a blatant push. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, I think, we're a little bit unlucky to concede uh, that penalty. The Syrian player milked it well. You've got to give it to him because the positioning of the referee <laughs> and you watch the replay from the back, he looks like he's been shot. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go as far as being shot, but he, he, <laughs> made, the con- he made the most of the con- contact and the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosy Dino here. Uh, just a quick one. Where we talked about Josh Risden, which I agree with your, your words. I thought he did really, really well. Uh, what about Aziz Bayic's performance? I like him. I, I do. think he's... I think he's, look, we've had an issue, I mean, there's been a lot of debate about why Alex Gersbach wasn't in the squad for that, to play in that role. Um, uh, there was some conjecture over whether Beige would, would do the job. He did the job. So I think he's done more than enough to, <coughs> excuse me, probably cement that position because we've never really, sort of Brad Smith, <coughs> excuse me, been tried there. Yeah. Um, and hasn't, because he's not playing regularly, at a club level, it's been difficult for him, but Bayich fitted in quite nicely. So I think we've got, if you look at both the, the wing backs, if you want to call them that, yep. uh, they both they balance the, the defence quite well and the midfield. If, again, and, uh, you know, you're not the manager of Australia at the moment, but if, if, if you look at it from Ange's point of view, with the team he put out uh, in the away leg, do you think there'll be changes? And if so, what changes do you think may come in? I don't think you, there's a really, I don't think there's any reason to change. It, um, I think one of the issues, um, and it's not really a, a big issue, but um, the squad's chopped and changed a lot. I know you want to build your numbers up and you want to give a lot of guys experience, but um, there's also some merit in stability as well. And of teams playing, you know, starting games mm. back to back. That way, you know, you get some continuity. The players are comfortable with each other. Um, I don't think there's any reason to change. I think the team was good. Uh, and as I said, it was a, it was probably our most balanced performance in terms of how we defended, how we constructed our attacks, um, how we played in the front half of the pitch. You know, there was some good passing. The passing game was was um, was back on last night. And Syria, as I said, with no mugs. So, um, it, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. But like you said, definitely, I'm not the manager. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to John Cosmina about the uh, fallout from the Australia-Syria first leg. Now, the second leg, uh, we've sort of touched on it already, but uh, uh, it's all to play for. There's no tomorrow. This one goes into extra time. It goes into penalties. Whatever needs to be done, and there's going to be a result on, on Tuesday night. Um, you know, if um, if you were the coach, I know you you know you in terms of selections and changes, um, you've commented there. But but game style, uh, can can we afford to just go out and uh, and and just attack, attack, attack um, with without a plan B? Because um, I know Ange has commented that in the past, or we've heard comments from others in the past that uh, you know plan B B for Ange to do plan A better. Ed, look, I understand that whole philosophy about putting the opponent on the back foot. Um, and look, even you know when you talk about attacking, my father used to tell me as a kid that um, the best method of defence is attack, and it is. 
Um, but having said that, if you've got a, you've got a couple of tidy guys at the back that can clean up any mistakes you make when you do lose your ball, because you will, mm-hmm. um, then you've obviously got to rely on, on some solid defending as well. Um, look, I think that's why I wouldn't change the team. Andrew isn't going to change the system. Um, you know, he's pretty stubborn with that. Um, look, he's stuck to his guns, and good luck to him, because you've got to believe in yourself as a coach and your players. Um, so he won't change the system. Um, I think there's nothing really to, to change too much about the way he went about things last night. You know, sometimes... Look, and I saw Matty Ryan go, go long from a goal kick for the first time in ages. Um, last, so I don't see anything wrong with that. He'll be it's, sacked um, for the next game. <laughs> yeah, in some coaches' eyes you may be. But look, I think, you know, that's where you... Football's not just about doing one thing exceptionally well you have to do a lot of things well and defending is part of it and sometimes you've got to put the opposition under pressure well and that means you might play a little bit longer you might not play out from the back um and allow yourself to get pressed and maybe turn over the ball so you know we've got players that can win balls in the air like tommy urich so why not make advantage or take advantage of that Cosy, um, the Syrians have a couple of old-timers that have come back into the team after, you know, five and six years away. Uh, one of them was the number 10, El Khatib, who, uh, he, he does look out of condition. He came on with sort of 15 minutes to go, but Jeezy was lively. Oh, how quick is he? Oh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's probably only got 20 minutes in him, but I'll tell you what, he's a handful. Hey, there's hope for us all now, Cosy. Yeah, no, um, out of condition probably. Um, looking for what he did for 15 minutes, I was actually thinking if this guy could play for a whole game, we'd be in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. He was lively. He, he made a difference, actually. He caused us a few problems with his pace. And because um, speed always does things, um, causes issues for defenders. And he was direct as well. He didn't mind taking our guys on. That little one of the... He got the byline, albeit it crossed the byline and cut back that uh, Matty Ryan tipped onto the crossbar. was a, a, just, a, I guess, the the, um, the daringness he had to actually take on that last player um, and get around him. No one expected him to do that. Then he backed himself for his speed and he almost got away with it. He absolutely did. And we were pretty lucky there in the end, as you say, that, uh, you know, Matty Ryan uh, got the job done with that uh, that um, ripping save. Um, you know, it could have gone either way in that last five minutes. Uh, so, uh, you know, fortunately, it worked out that uh, the game is alive. So, Cosy, thanks again for uh, for joining us, uh, mate. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon and, um, and hopefully um, it'll all be good news. No problems, guys. Cheers. All right. So, boys, um, you know, Cosy's uh, dissections of the game are, are always good. Um, spot you know, on, spot on, spot on, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, and uh, we're going to find out more. It's uh, it's going to be um, a nervous wait till Tuesday night, uh, but um, yeah, let's just. Uh, let's, we're in the world game. Uh, it's a global contest, and uh, we're still alive. And we've got a home fixture, so come on. Yeah, they know prediction. Yeah, I think we'll win. We'll get the job done. And, and if Cos is right and he sticks with the same team, which I agree with. Hopefully uh, we bring it home and uh, we find out who we play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I know I mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you're listening, get out there and make some noise. If you've got an instrument, if you've got a drum, bring it along. All right, next on Box to Box, we're going to talk to Ray Gatt about the ongoing governance crisis in football in this country. Box to Box. Can you believe it? 
Blackburn Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, we've covered uh, in detail the Socceroos match for Syria, and we've got Ray Gadd on the line from the Australian to talk about governance in Australian football. But before we get into the conversation about the FFA and the clubs and everything that's going on and how it's going to land, Gaddy, welcome to the show. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on the the, um, the first leg of that tie? Yeah, g'day, Rob. Look, um, yeah, it's a game that the Socceroos really threw away. Um, they dominated for about an hour, played some really decent football in very difficult conditions. The pitch was pretty ordinary. The humidity really affected, affected the players. Um, they got the goal that they deserved through Robbie Cruz, a much maligned Robbie Cruz, but then, uh, look, a very dubious penalty mm-hmm. uh, in the end. And um, the Syrians, to their credit, you know, they came back and uh, they gave us some real problems in the last half hour of the match. But, uh, yeah, in the end, a one-all draw. Look, it's, it's not the end of the world. We've got an away goal. We come back um, to, to Sydney on, on Tuesday. Uh all we need is a, a nil-nil draw or a or a win, and our record at home is fantastic over uh, the last dozen years or so. And especially in Sydney, I think uh, we haven't lost there since 2008. So, um, look, it's still in our hands, and I still think we can get through. You're making us feel better, Ray. You are making us feel a lot better, Ray. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about uh, governance, though. It's been another week uh, in the uh, bold and beautiful of Australian football governments. Um, Tell us about, uh, there was obviously a, a big meeting during the week, Ray, and uh, again, no resolution, but can you give us an update where we stand and uh, when FIFA are likely to take over? Yeah, um, the update is that, there's, as you say, there's no resolution and, and all the parties need to have their heads knocked together. It's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's still a bit, it's still a, a mess and, um, yeah, uh, FIFA will, will step in, um, I would say... Uh, Early, uh, sometime next month, and um, they'll they'll put in a normalisation committee, and, and and that committee will then get the job done, and um, hopefully we can move on because as I said, it's just dragged on way way too long, and um, I think Australian fans, yeah, you know, fans around the country, are just totally sick of it. Ray, I just I just want to ask you a, a direct. You've been following this uh, close as close as anyone reporting on it. Um, it gets down to the the. FFA and the state federations, um, you know, wanting one model and then the clubs wanting another, and there's effectively one uh, representative um, difference between both positions. Um, Who do you blame? Do you blame the clubs for this uh, obstinate position, or do you blame the FFA not being able to compromise uh, with the federations? I mean, where do you where do you personally see it? Oh, that's a difficult one, Rob. yeah, I, I would say that the states have got a, a little bit to answer for. They're, they're, they're trying to hold, uh, and the FFA, they're all both trying to hold on to a, a bit of power. As you say, there's only one vote in it. Um, yeah, the clubs want a 9 5 1 1, and the PFA want that as well, uh, which would give, um, you know, give them a little bit of power to have a say in what and how the game should be run, because virtually the, the clubs and the PFA have had no say. Whatsoever, but um, the FFA obviously want um, you know nine four one one, which gives them the right to um, you know nominate who they who they want uh, to go on the board, and um, you know sort of like a, a gerrymander, and um, yeah, and that's and that's where we are at the moment. It's a, it's a difficult one to to understand. Uh, you know, both sides are, 
uh, after a little bit of power and um, look, and I, I don't blame the A League clubs. As I said, they've had to they've had to sit back and virtually have no no say in in how the money is spent. And um, you know, the clubs have lost something like two hundred million since the A League A League started, and they want to put a stop to that. Last question from me, Ray, just before uh, Dino wants to ask you a question is, yep. can the states force an extraordinary general meeting to snowball their uh, their position through? Well, uh, not of the A-League clubs, have a say, because um, obviously uh, it, this could go to to a, to a court battle, and um, you know, and that's an interesting one too, because you know, uh, FIFA don't allow um, uh, legal situations to get in the way of things, and that's why um, they'll they'll probably come down fairly heavily, and um, they may say, they may act sooner rather than later. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to the Australians, Ray Gatt, about the governance crisis in Australian football. Dino, you're very close to it. I'm heavily involved with the AAFC with regards to yep. this expansion of a B League or a potential second yep. tier, for, for want of a term. Um, it's interesting that this week Greg O'Rourke's come out, and I don't know if you've been across this, where he's talking about an expansion of Acker and A-League uh, in 2019-20 yep. uh, with yep. a probable uh, going in from two, uh, 10 to 12, 12 to 14, 14 to 16. What's your thoughts on that? Well, not, uh, won't be before time, to, to be honest. I would have loved to have seen it a lot, a lot sooner. Um, yeah, the A-League's become a bit staid. Ten teams, it's just a, a, a huge sameness about it. And, uh, you know, in the terms of playing each other three three times a season, sometimes four, it's 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 not a good look. And we need to, we need to expand to, um, you know, increase the, the base of players and give uh, more players a chance to play at, at the elite level. And, um, you know, that, that would end up helping the, the soccer rules as well in the, in the, in the long run. And... Uh, Look, it can't come before time. I, I guess you have to be a little bit patient. Um, I can understand the SFA wanting, you know, wanting to tread warily. Uh, you want to make sure that you, know, you find find the right clubs that are um, you know, financially stable and will have would have good support. Just to, to expand on that as well, Ray is um, obviously. Do you think 16 is the ultimate number? Firstly, and then a second question is obviously if there is a say B League or, or a second tier. Uh, what would that look like? Would that look very similar to what the A-League, what, if it is a 16 team, possibly the B-League could be a 16 team, which then expands you know, the, the national game at a, at a higher level? Do, do you think that's the yeah. logistically that could work? Yeah, look, 16 teams, I'm not sure we can, we can get to that at the A-League level. Um, I think 14 would be the ideal number, in, in all honesty. Um, yeah. David Gallup has always said you've got to fish where the where the fish are, and we're sort of running out of um, areas with a decent population that could have a have a team in the A in the A League. Um, in terms of the uh, the B League, yeah, look, I, I would fancy maybe around about 14 teams, and and probably the same model as as the A League. It, it would make it would make sense, and obviously we need promotion and. Relegation. Um, I think once the B League comes in, uh, we probably need to embed that, and let it settle down before we then consider um, promotion relegation. Yeah, t- totally agree. But certainly, yeah, certainly it's got to come. I think that that's that's the smarter way. It's, the, it's that planning stage. I think if we get the numbers right, we plan it right, give everyone the time to sustain that new jump from one league to another, then bring promotion relegation in on its own merit. Hey, yeah, Gaddy. Mate, it's, 
just common sense, just Rob. That's great. Thanks, Ray. Sorry, Gaddy, just jumping in there, mate. Uh, we can't let you go. We're going to preview the A-leg after the break. But, um, mate, a couple of quick predictions uh, from you, uh, mate. Um, do you think Sydney FC do it again, or uh, is there uh, someone from the pack that uh, that's going to be nipping at their heels? Yeah, look, whoever beats Sydney is going to win the title, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's, going to, it's a tough call for them to repeat what they did last season. Um, they're, they're strong again. I think it's going to be a three-horse race between Sydney, Melbourne, Victory and the Wanderers. And then uh, positions, uh, you know, four, four to ten. It's going to be a real dogfight for the, uh, to see who makes the finals. I think most of the clubs have done very well recruitment-wise, especially uh, their, their import players. I think it's the best group of uh, imports we've seen for a long time. You agree with excited that? excited about it. And you mentioned the Wanderers, of course, mate. You're still giving them a chance after giving uh, Tony or Tony Popovich giving them the uh, Tijuana. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a real shock, Rob. Um, good luck to him. He's, he's trying his luck overseas, and that's what he's always wanted. Um, a lot's going to depend on the Wanderers and who, who they sign uh, as their permanent coach. Uh, I'd like to see someone like Ante Milicic mm. be given a chance. He, he knows the culture there. He, mm. he spent two or three seasons there under Tony Popovich, and uh, he'd be the ideal choice if he wants it, and I do believe he does. He wants it, so... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's the man, I think, for the job. Excellent. All right. Hey, Gaddy, thanks again, mate. Hopefully we'll be talking to you in the next couple of weeks with uh, this issue sort of uh, resolved in one fashion or another. Well, it will be resolved. We just don't know what fashion and uh, it will be. Yeah, Robert, so it's a positive outcome in the end. Yeah, we absolutely. Thanks, mate. Hey, uh, stick mate. around, everybody, because Dino is going to go through in uh, detail the opening round of the A-League. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you for Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course our podcast, all 99 episodes on boxtoboxnts.com.au. Now, we've been waiting for it for months. The world's longest off-season. Now, to preview it, the former Notts County man, 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Pasco Vale, technical director, Box to Box's very own Dino. You've been around for most of the first hour. Phew, it's finally here. It is, it is. And uh, I think, it, uh, if you see my notes, here we go again. Yes. It so is. It's, uh, it is a long pre-season. Yeah. Um, but look, it's exciting. You know, we've yeah. got a big game tonight. You know? It'd be more exciting if, uh, if tomorrow night's game was tonight. Yeah, most probably. Um, but then again, I think, I think. And that's, I, 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 I'm not disre- like I don't mean to disrespect uh, uh, Raw or City, but si- but, si- but but hang yeah. on, but City uh, have not got the reputation of, of pulling crowd. away crowds yeah. in the same way that Victory do. So no, um, no. if if I it's been interpreted that. as a disrespect, well, I'll cop it. Yeah, look, I get I get where you're coming from. Um, I do like the Saturday night games, though. I must admit, I do. Because, mm. you know, you've got that day you know, to, to fulfil before you get there. And then there's the build-up. Where, after, you know, if it's a Friday night, you've been working. It's tough mm. to get there. And then by the time you get there, it's you're, you're in the stadium and it's mm. on. Mm. At least you get a good build-up on a Saturday. Mm. And to maybe a lesser extent on a Sunday. Mm. But look, mm. it's each to their own. But this, you know, the, the first game of the season in any league, in any walk of life, it's it's exciting because mm. it's, it's the unknown. And I know we talked off-air about how we're going to go 
about our A-League segment this year and in the years past we've dissected certain games and gone to the nth degree of why they are where they are and mm. tactically how they may get there to get the results. problem we've got in the A-League is mm. the, the teams move around too much. Mm. There's, there's, it's brand new for everybody. There's not one team that's stuck possibly other than Sydney. Yes. Give Sydney credit where they're due. They've kept everyone. Why wouldn't you after mm. the season they had? Um, so everything's really up for grabs. So I think once mm. we've had this week come and go, mm. we'll have a better gauge on what they were like on day one. Mm. And then moving into week two and three, we will dissect whatever the game of the round is mm. and also give all the other games the due respect it deserves. Mm. And whether there's a big crowd or otherwise tonight, it'll be a good game. Okay, they're uh, you know missing some uh, some big names. Obviously, uh, uh, players like Timmy Cale uh, away on Socceroo duty, um, Jamie McLaren no longer with the Raw. Um, how do you see this one, Dino, at Amy Park? Well, I think it's, again, the, the pre-season form, again, it's hard to gauge with what, you know, there's a lot of change. Uh, there's a new manager at uh, Melbourne City, as we know. I think uh, the consistency of the Aloisi boys, uh, I did touch on them in the August period when we popped up there and had a look at what they were doing. And uh, I think they put quite a good squad together. But it's mm. like anything, it's new players, they'll have to have rehearsed it. But they've had four months, which is most mm. probably a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and Melbourne City, I'm not really sure how they're going to fare. Um, again, on paper, when you look at it, you think, yeah, there's, there's some really good talent there. I think the Fornaroli issue mm. is going to hurt them. It's, it's quite a serious injury. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's not weeks, it's months. Uh, but again, Ross McCormack, not sure where he's at. I mean, I know he had these moments at Villa. And mm. it's, but there's no doubt if if the ball gets to him and, he, and he's switched on, he's, he's so he's basically coming here to to not only restore his career but restore his reputation as well. Well, well I think so. Oh, I mean, man. again, I don't know the boy from Adam, so I can't say like I know him well when this is how he rolls. Mm. But um, wherever he's gone, if you look at his track records, he scored goals. Mm. So, and we all know that's one of the biggest things in football. That you know, if you've got someone who's scoring goals in regularly, mm. your team's always in a chance of getting there. And that's why Fauna Rollies. For me, given uh, Melbourne City for the years he's been So who's your selection, Dino? Um, uh, yeah, the Melbourne uh, City fans are uh, on their way to the game. Uh, you know, the raw uh, contingent have travelled. They usually get a couple of thousand people uh, uh, to their away games. Yeah, look, I, I think it will be a little bit of a touchy-feely one, game one, like they normally are. And I, I'm going to sit on the fence. I know, you know, we shouldn't sit on fences, but we do. I think a draw in this game. I think there'll be goals, so mm. I'm going to go 2-2. Hmm. I'm going to get, I'm same goals for me, but three one city getting off to a good start. Three one city. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm marking this down as well, Rob, just okay. so we got it down there. So Rob's trying to make it up to all those Melbourne City fans <laughs> who are listening <laughs> to our program on the way to the game tonight, where he uh, slagged them for uh, not turning up. No, their no, numbers. No. I don't think I slagged the ones who turn up. I slagged the ones who don't turn up. And anyone who's listened to this show for the past two years would know I say this every single week about Melbourne City crowds. So it's no surprise to anybody. So don't get off the track, Michael. Who are you selecting? Oh, I've just been sitting here nice and quiet tipping? listening to you. I'm tipping Melbourne City. To beat Brisbane Raw yes, in the opening right. game and I think it'll be a good game and I think everybody will be very excited about the start of the A-League season including the Melbourne City fans who mm. have just turned off their show because they <laughs> don't like Rob Gilbert what's our score uh, young age uh, I think it'll be 2-0 2-0 okay we've got the scores on the doors as they say yeah so um, the double header Tomorrow um, afternoon. Yeah, well, it starts off, um, what would it be? F3 Derby. Yeah, yeah, the uh, F3 Derby. Central Coast, Newcastle. This is interesting. Um, 
because you've got a coach uh, in Palo who's been there for part of the season and done really, really well. Well, I'm sorry, for a season and done really, really well um, in the sense that I think they, they did have some really good leaps and bounds in their performances. Some of the results didn't always equate. Newcastle, new, you know, it's only American town. Um, interesting. I think this will be, this. I think this will have goals in it. I think it'll be a decent crowd. I'd love to see it to be a sellout down mm. there, mm. you know, to bring everybody back up to where we, we want this league to be. Um, and, I, and I've got a sneaky feeling that uh, Central Coast Mariners might win this 2-1 in a tight one. Well, it should be a good crowd. might not be a sellout at uh, the Central Coast Stadium, but it is one of the most beautifully positioned it's stadiums It's a beautiful in the world. stadium. I was yeah. there last year when Sydney FC won 3-2 there, yeah. and it's an absolute picture. It's the duel in Gosford's crown. No and I just... About I, with those Master Foods uh, uh, sauce bottles at the end, it just sort of caps it off. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think I uh, am going to go with uh, the Knights, the Jets. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, <laughs> it'll be a different game if the Knights <laughs> turned up. But um, the, no, might the be Jets, a bit physical. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets to win that one uh, in uh, a high-scoring three-two result. Ooh, goals galore! Lots of uh, lots of pre-season optimism around the Central Coast Mariners. Obviously, just to reiterate what Dean said. Um, Paul Oakland's been able to get a full pre-season. He obviously joined the club on the eve of the season last year. Mm. So I think that'll help them. Um, the pressure's on Newcastle for me. Um, the second year under the Laurie McCoonah reign in terms of administering the club, um, they parted ways with the coach in the off-season. Uh, Newcastle, uh, big membership, proud footballing region. They need to show a good uh, a good face, and I'm going to pick Newcastle to beat Central Coast. A score? one nil. Okay. Blockbuster. Is it going to be a sellout uh, tomorrow night at Idiot? You'd like to think so. Mm. You'd like to think so. I mean, we know Victory had the great uh, in the week, their uh, their launch. 25,000 members at uh, Melbourne Victory. Mm. Yeah, 1,200 at the event from what I've heard. And mm. Um, mm-hmm. The Melbourne and Victory functions, those ones at the Palladium are just massive, aren't they? And look, and for me, this game should have a sellout. This was a fabulous final last year. Uh, so... I reckon Rob would have been there. Did you go there, Rob? No, I didn't actually. Um, one of the few no, no. times you haven't been. You've... No, no, I, I get along from time to time, but um, well, you know, I certainly I did. And uh, doing a, business. He's good at the gravy a, chain, Rob. It was a very, very yeah, memorable. He's, he's taking pot shots from the <laughs> snipers' is, is. Uh, corner today, isn't he? Look, for me, these are the two best sides in Australia mm. in domestic competition. Yeah. But one's stuck fat, but actually improved, which mm. is Sydney FC. You know. Uh, <clears throat> with some of their signings that I think they think they've improved. Melbourne Victory, they've made some changes. And, mm. you know, I think they're good changes as well. I think mm. there's some really good players they've brought back to the club mm. and also invested in. And for me, I think this will be a cracker. I mean, mm. again, I think Sydney, because I rate them highly, but I, I can see this being really, really tight. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. If I'll throw it out there, I think this will be a draw 2-2. 2-1 victory for me. Interesting. Michael? Uh, for me, uh, Melbourne Victory's pre-season, I think, has been questionable. Um, very ordinary FFA Cup result for them. Sydney's uh, hasn't missed a beat. Uh, I think Sydney will win 2-0. 2-0. Okay, off to flyer. Okay, a couple of games on Sunday afternoon. Wellington hosting Adelaide. Yeah, look, again, interesting one. There's not enough for me for to, to swing either way. Um, I'm most probably going to go Adelaide. I mm. think Adelaide... Um, they had they've had some good preseason games. Uh, I think they've recruited well, so I'm going to go Adelaide uh, 2-1. Yeah, I think Adelaide being one of the form sides in the off season. I can't have Wellington at home, so I think 2-0 to Adelaide. Uh, Wellington at home. 
Wellington. Mm. Yeah. Score, Edge. 1-0. 1-0. Okay, and one big story that we've uh, yet to cover because there have been so many stories uh, this week already is the Tony Popovich issue, which we'll deal with in a more serious version of stoppage time and what we all think of that. Uh, yeah, good breakdown yeah. on that, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Hayden Fox uh, is going to uh, coach the Wanderers for the first time at Spotless Stadium. Uh, look, that's football. We're going to discuss it in detail. But uh, it is going to be tough uh, with Kenny Lowe uh, bringing his mob over uh, uh, ready to go. Yeah, well, you know, we've had them on the show previously and they're quite buoyant about their pre-season. But Mm. uh, Foxy's a good lad. I've known Foxy quite well. Mm. He's a black town boy. Um, So, yeah, look, I I still think Western Sydney are going to be a force. And this may be do one of two things, galvanise the group or Mm. go, well, where are we at? But I'm going to go Western Sydney Wanderers at home with a full crowd. And I'm going to go 2-1-2 Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, they've had that consistency with Fox. So that was the one thing that the uh, administration did was they didn't let um, Popper take um, the entire crew away. Uh, professional footballers, they know the score. They accept they it within yeah, two football. or three days. They get on with it and, um, and I think uh, they win at home. Question mark on me for Perth on the road. Western Sydney to win. Excellent, mate. One so, one nil. All right. Well, we're going to get stuck into the Tony Popovich issue at the end of the show. We're going to share our opinions, what we think of it all. Uh, so, Wanderers fans, stick around for that. Dino, you'll be sticking around too. But after the break, we're going to have Sydney FC's Alex Brosk to talk about his club's chances in the upcoming season. Dino, we're going to talk about the International World Cup qualifiers, and we will wrap it up with that Popovich segment in stoppage time. That's all coming up next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box. Second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to Sydney FC's Alex Brosk. Dino with his review of the International World Cup fixtures and we'll wrap it up with a Tony Popovich edition of Stoppage Time. It's uh, one of the biggest stories in Australian football in recent years and we've reserved the entire final segment to discuss it. Edge, there's plenty of other news going on. I know we're going to chat Popper, but um, what else is happening in uh, football in this country, around the world this week, mate? Well, you referred to it in uh, your assessment of Melbourne City's uh, chances tonight in the big game, but Warren Joyce only cares about the attitude of Ross McCormack and what he shows at Melbourne City, not the reputation that the striker comes to Australia with. And the new City boss also says he does not buy into the marquee tag attached to Marcin Budinski, insisting the unheralded Polish midfielder received no special treatment. After a broad search to replace injured striker Bruno Fornaroli with a broken ankle, McCormick arrived on Saturday and Joyce confirmed the Scottish international will start against Brisbane tonight. Edge, mate, I know we talked about this last week and there was some conjecture over how Joyce has been received, but um, I, I heard some some positive feedback um, during the week uh, on, on him and, and his style at the club. Um, it seems that, you know, that the you know, all is not as uh, bad in the, in the camp at City that um, you know we, we seem to perceive it's interesting <laughs> it's interesting when you've been a player and been a manager on mm. the perceptions of how football clubs run you know I certainly knew as a player how I treated my manager didn't matter who he was you get the utmost utmost respect for them and you play for them and at the end of the day if the board want to change the manager or bring someone else in new it's really got nothing to do with the players or it shouldn't have in mm. my eyes and, I, and I've still maintained that to this day he comes with a quite a glowing like 
CV in regards mm. to the amount of players he's brought into the system. So, he, you know, he's got a good eye for good mm. footballers. He's worked at some really big organisations. He's managed himself. Mm. And it's like anything, it's he's going to be a different individual to John Van Schip. Mm. There's no two managers that are identically the same. So players have to get used to it. You might have some really strong opinions in that mm. Melbourne City mm. dressing room, and that's not always easy. But again, you, you hope that they're being professional, and I think that the man needs time. Uh, well, he's a championship hard nut. So if anyone can manage you know, a controversial player like Ross McCormick, you'd think Edge, um, it'd be him. Well, it's, uh, time will tell. It's one of those things. The proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Mm-hmm. What about Brisbane Raw, who's still waiting on the arrival of their French marquee uh, player? Uh, Coach John O'Lewis, told media this week that the 30-year-old Frenchman still had not received his visa clearance. Uh, John, John O'Lewis, said he's looking at his phone every single day to see the call, <laughs> or at least a text message, to say he's got his visa and he's on his flight. Um That'll be interesting for Brisbane Raw. They will miss him uh, tonight, no question about that. Uh, interestingly, um, for Melbourne Victory fans, let's just go to that one. Uh, Reese Williams has brushed aside concerns that his club, Melbourne Victory's depth, won't be strong enough ahead of the grand final replay against Sydney FC on uh, tomorrow night uh, at uh, Etihad Stadium. Victory will enter the game, obviously, with, um, without first-team players Mark Milligan, James Chowisi, both away with Australia, and Costa Barbarousis, who's uh, serving with New Zealand. Uh, Williams stressed victory had been preparing for the loss of its key players for international duty and backed the younger brigade to step up. I think this this is where for for me we have to improve as a as a as a country on our policy of international windows. Uh, everybody else gets their domestic program shut down mm. and the international boys go out to all their individual countries play and represent their country and we open our season and we open our season with some of the best players that we have in our competition mm. and they're not mm. there absolutely i just don't in fairness get it. in fairness to the uh, to our colleagues at the ffa who do copper a beating from time to mm. time this is a world cup playoff that they potentially didn't think we might have not might have been participating in. I think the issue for me, Dino, yep. is uh, let's think back to the old NSL days. You had three players in international duty. Uh, the rule was enacted that the game was postponed. Mm. This, that the game should have been rescheduled for another time. It, it hasn't been because it's a feature game in the Network 10 agreement with the live free-to-air mm. stuff. Mm. So that's the reason why it hasn't. It's all about no, it's it. all about commercial and marketing. But okay. if we were having um, an integral. Um, pillar of rules around the around the fixture that would have been postponed. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair point. Yeah, um, me too. But uh, I quite like that edge. Well done. I thought that was quite a good little I'm response. I'm not just a pretty face, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that either. <laughs> <laughs> Read into that what you no, were. No, no, he's a good-looking boy. Now, Perth Glory, um, I've been into them in the last two weeks about uh, putting them on notice about a waveform yeah, is going to be the yep. is going to be the can. Is the main reason as to whether they have a successful season or not. Uh, Roston Griffiths obviously departed uh, during the off-season, and that means that Andy Keogh has been confirmed as the Perth Glory's new captain uh, after Griffiths left. Uh, Glory made that announcement at their season launch this week. Uh, what do you think about that one, Dino? Well, Andy Keogh had a and has had a, an international career. He's also had a, a great domestic career over in England. Um, I like the way he goes about his business. It's I'm queried most probably over the journey of football generally defenders or midfielders are captains. I don't know whether I buy into that. I think Andy Keogh, uh, if he leads from the front, I don't know what he's like with the boys, but I'm sure uh, that he's spot on with them and uh, he brings an unbelievable... He looks like a player's player. Oh, I think he would be as well, you know. Um, 
Um, yeah, look, I think it's. I think you've got to back the manager here. He, he knows his players better than we do, and he thinks he's the best candidate. Then uh, he, you know he's got all the experience in the world, especially in our competition. Mm, when you mm. look at his own track record in his own career, so I, I think it's. Uh, Again, it'll be proof in the pudding, but mm-hmm. I think it's quite a good appointment. Mm-hmm. More A-League news. Newcastle Jets are giving away free tickets in a bid to increase their member base for the A-League season. Free single, double and family passes are available for the Jets' first home game against Perth on October 15. Uh, our good mate, CEO Laurie McKinnis, said that we're just going to do it for the first game and try and attract people who wouldn't normally mm. come and enjoy the experience. I think that's a good idea. It's a big stadium up there, and uh, and they don't have any great track record of, of filling it. Um, they, they need to get uh, beyond that sort of 10,000 mark, don't they? To, they do. You know, to get yeah. around closer to sort of 15 and 20. And, and you know with uh, you know the sporting culture that exists in the Hunter that uh, you, know, you just need to bring some of those diehard fans of rugby league in particular across to, to, to give them an option to watch another game. Well, I, th- I think you do, and I think because the seasons don't overlap as yeah. such. Um, and I think, look, uh, the thing I like about people like Laurie, and mm. you know, I'm, I'm, and I don't want to sound biased because I know him pretty mm. well, but he's a football person, and you know, sometimes even in different sports, you don't have football people mm. or that that codes uh, people that have either played it, managed mm. it like he has, mm. and he knows what this is all mm. about. This is a commercial part mm. to this, mm. of course, to bring bums on seats. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also looking at it to say, well, how mm. how are we going to grow this franchise? Yeah. And we've got a commitment that the bigger the crowd, and especially if they do well at their yeah. home game, yeah. they go, hold on, that wasn't bad, we'll go again. Should we give out uh, Laurie's phone number so Newcastle fans can call him directly <laughs> yeah. to get their free ticket? Edge, uh, can I just say, they most probably already have it. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. Uh, Newcastle striker, uh, speaking of Newcastle, their, their uh, striker recruit, Roy O'Donovan, says it won't bother him at all if he cops any stick from Mariner, Mariner fans when he takes on his old club in round one on Sunday. O'Donovan spent two seasons with Central Coast, scoring 19 goals in 45 games before joining uh, Mariner's rivals, the Jets, in the off-season. That'll be an interesting little dynamic in the game. I think uh, if I was still playing today, I don't know if I'd fancy playing Roy week in, week out. I think Mm -hmm. he's a handful. Uh, I think he's been really, really good for the A-League. I know he's had his little moments, and there's there's been a few controversial uh, moments for him on the field but I think he brings I think he brings a lot of flair and he's a quality act and I think he's uh, I think he's brilliant for the A-League and I think Newcastle have got a really good get from their local rivals yeah, that spices it up a little bit I think it certainly does. does and what about uh, for Sydney FC fans this was uh expressed by Dominic Bossy in the Sydney Morning Herald this week, which is a good little story, is that Sydney FC could spend at least two seasons playing at Leichhardt Oval as early as next year should Allianz Stadium mm. jump the queue in the state government stadium plan, said Dominic. The season could be the Sky Boos last at Allianz Stadium in its current format, with the venue set for an earlier-than-expected upgrade. That could begin as early as May next year, as safety concerns over deteriorating facilities at Moore Park may prompt a fast-tracking. Sydney FC have already begun preparing a re- to relocate to Leichhardt Oval while construction takes place, with a number of games at Cogra's mm. Jubilee Oval predicted as well. 
What do, do you think about that? Yeah, do, do we know what the actual attendance at uh, that facility is? Like, so, uh, like, like you'd probably get late teens. So you'd be looking at a lockout most weeks, I would have thought. So uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those grounds which is, those uh, in a state uh, familiar, you've got a more modern grandstand along the um, the western wing, yep. um, the Norman Latch and Robinson stand, and uh, the southern wing is one of the old sort of wooden um, grandstands, um, and then the rest of the facility is seated around the perimeter. And, uh, so a good, uh, say, 19,000, 20,000 yeah, packed yeah. house week in, week and, out. And look, there's just something about some of those suburban grounds that just have a have a, a great atmosphere. And, and Leichhardt Oval, it just has a great atmosphere. It's built on a on a rise. Uh, it's easy to get to from the city, just 10 minutes down the road. Um, not too far to get uh, across the city from the eastern suburbs. So, so not a bad venue. I think it's a better venue, actually, than, than Cogra, uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's sort of more centralised in that um, you know that uh, uh, that St George Shire area and you're not necessarily going to bring a lot well, of people I think over. if you if you look at it from you know, and we see some of the stadiums because mm. the big stadiums in mm. the A-League where they are half empty mm. at times it's great if you can see a packed house week yeah. in week out yeah. you know it looks like the perception is Every week they get a sellout, and mm. doesn't matter who comes to town, we yeah. sell the thing out. I think it's could oh, well, be a positive well, little window. Well, Alex window. Brox is on after the break. Um, maybe we'll that, ask yeah. him. Okay, so stick around, Sydney FC fans. Alex Brox, he's been a champion of the A League for years now. He, uh, you know, he looked like he was, uh, he's almost finished, and then he had a, a an Indian summer last year in that championship and premiership winning season. So stick around. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you the Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. It's been a bumper show so far. We've talked about Australia v Syria. We've talked about governance and we've talked a bit about the A-League, but we want to talk to one of the great champions of this game and one of the great champions of the champions of last A-League season, Sydney FC. And that man we're going to chat to is Alex Brock. Welcome to the show, Alex. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Alex, uh, mate, um, how can you go better? Uh, unbeaten season this year? I bet you money's uh, still yeah, going to Yeah, we, we did sleep up and lose one last year, so hopefully <laughs> we, can, uh, <laughs> we can do a bit better. But, uh, look, from, from day one, uh, Arnie brought us in and, and, and quickly you know, got us to forget about what happened. Obviously, it's a, mm. you know, great memories and, and, and everything we did was fantastic last year. But, um, you know, we've got new players this year that, that have come in and gelled well and, and you know, I guess out of respect to them, we need to stop talking about last year from our point of view and, and, and focus on what's ahead. Two trips to Melbourne this week, Broski. Um, Obviously, uh, you've got um, Melbourne Victory and then South Melbourne later in the week. So uh, it's, it's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, it is. And a, and a good way to start, um, I think. You know, we, we've got both games down in Melbourne. We're staying down there, mini sort of camp, I think, down for about six days. Um, and just looking forward to getting the season underway. You know, I mean, you guys know how how long the off-season is and, and how uh, tough it can get. But um, to finally have the season underway, um, it doesn't get any harder than a trip down to Melbourne. Um, and then we're staying there to play South Melbourne in the FFA Cup. So, like I said, just looking forward to finally getting started again. Broski, uh, D- uh, it's Dino here. Just um, on last season, I know we want to obviously focus now on the new season, but just on a quick reflection from your point of view, going that season with that only one defeat, and I think we talked off-air about video... Uh, Review and would would there, would there have been a penalty uh, the other way round and that would always be a telling point that you might have even gone unbeaten. But what's the squad looking like this year compared to last year's squad? Because I know we've brought in a few good decent players. So where, where where do you base yourself on what last year looked like 
versus what you think this year may look like? Yeah, it's, um, it's obviously difficult. I think the early signs, um, you know, I, I think are good. If you look back to last year, we had, a, you know, Arnie made a lot of changes to the squad from the year before and, and, and it took a long time to, to get to know each other. Whereas this year, you know, I think at this point in time, compared to last year, we're a lot better off just because we've got that, that season behind us now. Everyone knows each other inside out. And really, the additions we've made have, have, have been, um, you know, not too many, which, which, is, which is always good, you know, to have that stability in a squad, to, to know the players and feel comfortable with the guys around you. So I think just in that respect, you know, as good as we, we did last year, I think we're, we're better placed at the moment. The guys that we brought in, um, you know, Adrian, uh, our Polish attacker, he's, he's looked fantastic and, and he's, he's going to be a real, you know, a real player this year for us. Um, and the other guys who've come in as well have, have looked really good. So I'm just, again, it's hard to go off pre-season, but uh, from what I have seen, I'm very excited. Broski, I'll ask you a philosophical question about scheduling. Uh, your opponents on Saturday night are missing three players for, from international duty. Uh, without sort of commenting on that, because I know what, uh, what that means, but wh- where do you sit more generally about um, international fixtures and whether the A-League um, should postpone a game or, or, or break fully? Um, to respect uh, the clubs that uh, have players away from away from their teams on international duty, what do you think about that issue generally? Um, well, I saw Arnie during the week had a bit of a crack at uh, Muskie for his recruitment, uh, which, <laughs> which was pretty funny actually. But no, look, to, to be fair, I, I think it is tough. Obviously, you don't want to be losing players, and, and obviously, the better the squad you have as well, you're going to assume that, and you'd like for some of your players to be playing national teams. So, I think in the past, it, it wasn't an issue because there were never really too many players from the A-League in the in the Socceroos, so there was no need to stop the competition, but uh, these days, with the amount of boys that are going and, and, and away, away um, look, it, it's obviously something that's been looked at, I'm sure they have, but for whatever reason, um, it, it, look, to be honest, um, obviously it doesn't really affect us, so I'm not too bothered about it, and it's a great time to be playing Melbourne, but <laughs> I think it's, um, it's obviously tough for them, I can understand Musky's frustration, Um but for whatever reason, it's the case, and, and, and it's not going to change anytime soon. So, look, it is what it is. It is certainly what it is. Alex Brosk, Sydney FC's Alex Brosk on Box to Box we're talking to. So um, heading down to Melbourne for a blockbuster match at Etihad Stadium. Uh, it, look, no better way short of playing at home in front of a full house uh, to play in, in a big stadium with what's expected to be uh, you know, well over 40,000 people, mate. You, you must be looking forward to, to starting the season in that kind of style. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and it, it's good just to have the league back, you know, it, it's such a long break, like I said, so, you know, it, it kicks off um, tonight, if I'm not mistaken, with Melbourne City, so it's good to sit back and watch a few games in preparation for ours, uh, but to have the, yeah, the season back again, you know, reflecting, you've, we've had a long few off, uh, months in the off-season to, to look back at last year, and, and, and again, the memories from all that uh, are fantastic, but uh, to be starting again. I'm really, uh, really excited. Well, I will, uh, I will confirm though. You are correct. It is Melbourne City tonight. But I love the way you answered that. It was like I'm not even looking at that or even thinking about that. I'm focused on one <laughs> game only. Uh, I want to take you to uh, Wednesday. <clears throat> uh, obviously, the game's going to come and go Saturday night. And as uh, Rob just mentioned, it will be a blockbuster. It should be at least 40 plus. Um, you obviously back up, and obviously. Knowing Arnie, like we all do, he's uh, pretty focused on anything he, he starts to, you know, in any competition. So he's obviously wanting to get this semi-final done and dusted Wednesday and move on to the final, whoever you might meet in that final. Is that pretty much the focus? Um, yeah, to be honest, 
knowing Arnie and, and, and uh, like you said, his, his focus is solely on Melbourne victory. You know, he's of not course. even talked about the FFA Cup. Um, the good thing is, obviously, that we are staying down in Melbourne for, for those few extra days and not, you know, just to, to stay settled over there and, and uh, enjoy the week down there. But he, he's not spoken about it. He's not mentioned it at all. Um, it's all about round one at the moment. But uh, as a player looking at it, yeah, we, we, we definitely want to... I mean, we've said openly, and, and so does everyone, really. The FFA Cup, we haven't won, so... We want to win that one and hold the trophy as well. But um, look, it's a it's a good scheduling for us at the moment. The way we uh, we get to stay down in Melbourne, but we're look, under no illusion of, of how tough it's going to be. You know, they they're a great team, a uh, very proud club. They've spoken about how you know they want to go into the in, onto the next level as well as a club, um, and they'll be looking to knock us off. So first things first, we take care of Melbourne uh, down in Melbourne, and then we then we look forward to Wednesday. Broski, um, for those Sydney FC fans right around the country that uh, haven't seen any of your pre-season, there's a lot of talk, and you mentioned him uh, in, a, in an answer to Dino earlier, but uh, your Polish recruit, Adrian, there is a lot, of, uh, a lot of love coming his way early doors. What can we expect from him from what you've seen? Um, well, basically, a few boys have said it. He's a left-footed Ninkovic, so I think, uh, you know, Having seen what Nikovic did last year, and to have two of them behind uh, behind us this year, running you know running that attacking midfield, um, but to be honest, again, I'm really excited because I think um, a lot of our play and, and, and build up was focused on on getting the ball to Nikovic last year. Whereas this year, I mean, as hard as teams will try to stop him, if they if they can and are able to, we've still got Adrian to um, to look forward to, and, and he's great. To be honest, he's he's fit. Straight in, he's uh, he's a confident player, left-footed, um, and just an absolute joy to see the things he does at training. So, like I said, um, he's Ninko with a left foot. And Alex, uh, look, you know, we've got a, a little bit of time left in this chat, mate. Um, you obviously watch the other clubs um, from a professional point of view. Have you got any observations on on, on some of the clubs uh, uh, that you're expecting to see better things from this season? Uh, I know we all talk about you know Sydney FC and, and Victory and, and the Wanderers. Um, you know, do you have any uh, any inside look at, uh, at you know the likes of the, the Jets, the Mariners? What you're expecting from from clubs like them? Oh, definitely the two of those clubs will be will be much better. You know, I think. Um Paul Ocon's starting to mould his, his squad into, into exactly what he wants. Uh, he's picked up some very, very good foreign players uh, from what I saw in, in pre-season. So I think they'll definitely um, be up there this year. Um, the Jets, I mean, we played them, but it was a really scrappy game on a, on a horrendous pitch up in, in Broadmeadow. So that was tough to make too much out of it. But again, you look at the signings they've made and, and they look to be strong. Uh, and to be honest, I think, I think Adelaide's the other one. You know, I think they've had some very good pre-season form. From what everyone's saying, they're, they're super fit and, and um, you know, they're, they're looking the goods in pre-season as well. So I think uh, that they'll have a, a much better year than last year. One last question, Broski, before we let you go. Uh, in, in the media this uh, week, uh, Greg O'Rourke's talked and discussed about an expansion of the A-League in 1920. Uh, that's 2019 and 20. Um <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the numbers are going from 10 to 12 to 14 to 16. Where do you think the sweet spot is? And, and you don't need to put a time frame on it, but where do you see the A-League ultimately being a number of team league that then carry this game forward for the longevity? Well, I mean, just 
off the top of my head, going off the numbers that you just mentioned, I think ideally if you can get a, a 16 team competition, I think that's um, that's great, you know, and, and really have every club doing well. Um, the crowds have been fantastic all over the country in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, and if it continues to rise and, and you have 16 good teams, um, you know, playing in front of those sorts of crowds, then, then that's, that's where we want the A-League to be, ideally, you know. It will take a bit of time and it is a young league, but uh, slowly, uh, with the addition of two extra teams uh, in 2020, like you said, hopefully that 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 goes well and it goes a lot better than the uh, other clubs that came in last time, and and uh, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they've taken their time this time to, to really get it right. Um, and when they do, I mean, we, like I said, we we want the league to expand and be bigger and be a you know a, a real powerhouse for football in this country. Well, the good news with that, if we did get that off the ground, the pre-season would reduce, which I'm sure you'll all be happy about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be happy about it as well, mate. We're sick of just sitting here talking about it, mate. We just want to watch some football. Yeah, exactly. So are we. Hey, Alex, uh, you're generous with your time, mate. Good luck uh, tomorrow night. Um, hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll get a, another uh, ripping season out of Sydney FC because when the uh, Sky Blues are playing the way you guys do, mate, uh, the A-League is in good uh, condition and it uh, lifts the standard of uh, of the rest of the competition up uh, to, uh, to to just what's a, a super exciting one. No, that's great. Thanks for that, guys. Appreciate not, it. Not at all. That's Sydney FC's Alex Brox. Dino, we're going to get into the International World Cup ties. We're going to talk about Europe, but we're also going to talk about CONCACAF and who we may be playing if we can get through this banana skin game on Tuesday night. So all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal yes, of this all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talks Sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and, of course, our podcast on box to box ntscomau Now, Dino, it's time to save big and win big at Chemist Warehouse. Right now, selected Swiss products are all half-priced. This is the time to get in and buy your Swiss products. I like to take the men's Ultivite, one a day. Uh, the, the, when you get in there at half-price, stock up because, uh, you know, you, you're going to get your whole year's supply in one uh, weekend. But uh, you know what? There's even more because Swiss are giving you the chance to win $1 million. Enter to enter, simply purchase any Swiss product at Chemist Warehouse before October 12 and register your details at chemistwarehouse.com.au slash swisswin. Don't miss out on your chance to win a million dollars thanks to Swiss. Head in store today and live healthy. Be happy with Swiss. Always read the label. Use only as directed. Vitamins should not replace a balanced diet. T's and C's apply. See the website for details. Chemist Warehouse. Lowest prices are... Always at Chemist Warehouse, and I like the sound of that million dollars. That, yeah. That's very interesting. I think we'll go, go on back Swiss right in there for that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, what a um, a couple of days in World Cup qualifying. I know we've covered uh, Australia's travails in detail, but um, England are through and Scotland are alive. Yeah, it's uh, well, look at those games, which was the, you know I guess Thursday, which is our Friday morning. Uh, you know we've. Uh, I got and watched a couple of those games, and uh, and that's most probably why I'm a bit tired right now. But mm. I mean, what what's really been effective was the the three groups of qualifying, which is Group C, Group E, and Group F. And uh, the results, just to give you know, for all the for the listeners, Group C, uh, uh, interest some interesting one. The Czech Republic won as Azerbaijan. Um, Northern Ireland got beat at home to Germany. And Norway smacked San Marino 8-0. So what that actually means in regards to who's qualifying and who's going where. Germany are through. 
and Northern Ireland have secured that second spot. And those mm. 19 points mm. will give them that playoff. As yeah. we know, there's only going to be so many runners-up playing in the playoffs, mm. and there's going to be one nation missing out. Yes. So it's going to be really important. Groups, yeah. So basically, Northern Ireland through onto the playoffs to play who, we don't know. And Germany, congratulations, well done to them. They're into the World Cup, which, you know, it's normal order for the Germans. Mm. So Dino, not too uh, many surprises. Who would have thought that Northern Ireland, uh, with a game to go in that group, would be seven points clear of the Czech Republic? That's Is that surprising to you? Um, yes and no. Northern Ireland have been pretty good. I mean, they went in the Euros pretty well last uh, last year um, and they've, they've, they've come leaps and bounds to be fair all of the domestic in, in Britain apart from Scotland who haven't gone to a competition which we'll talk about in a minute I didn't I know you didn't watch that particular game but I wonder if the boy that was on fire I wonder if he uh, got a game <laughs> Well, I hope he did. What was his name? <laughs> Will Griggs. Will, Will Griggs. Griggs on fire. I mean, that that was most probably the highlights of the Euros. For, for Northern France, Ireland. For Northern for sure. Ireland, it was. Somewhat. Okay, what about did, Griggs? He got, did he get on the... No, he didn't get on at all. That's, no, and that disappointed yeah. me. I mean, I, I mean, at the end of the game, the games are over. Get him on for five. He's remembered just... for not playing a game at the Euros. <laughs> but he is for remembered. the most sung about person in the world. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well done, Nigel. Well, let's hope uh, Northern Ireland fans are on fire because you're going to go to a European playoff. Well, they are, aren't they? And that's, uh, I think that's a really, really good outcome. I mean, Group E, um, yeah, this interesting. Is this is like yeah. Poland have, have, have won overnight 6-1. Six, six uh, Denmark have had a really good win over at Montenegro. This was second v third before the game. And that's a massive three points for Denmark. And then uh, you've got Romania's beat uh, Kazakhstan 3-1. So what that means in table land, and where, where are we going with all of this? This Borat didn't uh, play. Uh, For Kazakh fans, Borat didn't get a game. <laughs> no, he certainly didn't. Uh, it puts Poland on 22 points, who topped the group, and also their goal difference was gone from plus 7 and, and added plus another... Plus 12. Yeah. Now it's plus 12, but... In contrast to that, that Denmark win, where they were on 16 points with Montenegro, by winning, they were on plus 11 and won one nil. So they're on plus 12. So the dynamics now are that, as it stands, that Poland are through, subject to them playing against Montenegro, which is not easy in their next game. But again, I expect that they'll get a result. Who does Denmark play, Dean? Do you know? I do. They play Romania. So, so Romania's it's, it's, got nothing to play for. So it's, but Denmark needs needs a point to uh, at least consolidate their position in the do. playoff spot, or uh, even maybe go direct qualifier with um, a win. And Montenegro, well, that's right. So, yeah, they, so it's all down to the last. So round. for me, I I think how it will fold is Poland will win the group uh, because they'll I think they'll beat Montenegro. Definitely favourites to win the group. And yeah. and then Denmark uh, against Romania, they'll get their three points and they'll most probably leapfrog Montenegro for that second spot. But we don't know. So still a bit to play in uh, in certainly in Group E. Uh, final group is Group F, which obviously to the domestic uh, people around the country, you know, um, from you know the the ex uh, the expats, mm-hmm. there's plenty of them, England and Scotland. For the Anglo-Saxon variety of people in Australia, which you're one of, and well, there are many of. I am. I support many countries, as you, you do, know. Wales, <laughs> England. Yeah, well, the Scotland. Wales is another story. I don't know about the jocks, but that's all right to my Scottish friends. But uh, Harry Kane came up trumps, 94th minute winner, uh, which 
secured them uh, passage to the World Cup, which is great news. Uh, Malta and Lithuania, 6 feet 5 it really didn't matter. It was a 1-1 draw. But the Scotland result that came very, very late and uh, the boy Skirtle own goal, which we obviously know from his Liverpool days, um, that put Scotland in a really, really good position in... Group F. So Second what? spot, 17 points. I mean, England's through, obviously. But On it's, all, it's all about who's going to secure the playoff berth in Group F, and it's between Scotland and Slovakia. So Scotland will be through gritted teeth thanking the English for scoring that late goal because they only needed a draw, the England, to get through. Absolutely. And that hurricane late goal helped uh, Scotland out big time, didn't well, it? Well, it did. It, it knocked them off that, you know, that pedal sort of getting that extra point, which I think is really important. So, yeah, look, so it's, it's going to be interesting. England through, and you'd like to think that Scotland, uh, you know, they're, they're playing Slovenia in the next game. Won't be easy. It's away, uh, but hey, what an incentive to go there and win and uh, get yourself in a playoff spot. Because but if you're them... Slovenia, who are currently in fourth spot, you beat Scotland, you'll actually go ahead of them on goal difference. Correct. And then obviously you're relying on who Slovakia play and uh, who does Slovakia, that... Slovakia play Malta. Malta, so you would expect them to win. Well, they'll hammer them. Malta yeah. have only got a point, yeah. which is their first point today. So Scotland <laughs> really need. Uh, Scotland's going to need a win to do Yeah, they've got to go away and win and get their Because Slovakia's goal difference is better. Yeah, I agree. Right, Edge, let's jump across the world and, um, yes, and look at CONCACAF because that's critical yeah. for us. Uh, at the moment, uh, ahead of the weekend's games, the USA are sitting in that vital fourth spot. So what's going to happen? Okay, so for uh, Australian fans, tomorrow morning uh, at uh, 10.35, the USA... 10.35 local time, mm-hmm. East Australian Eastern Daylight Time, I should say. Uh, they play Panama in what is a crucial game. So equal on points, equal Panama on points. currently yep. in third. That's right. So uh, you would expect the USA at home to win that. But the USA, like Australia, uh, are, are basically having a tough time, mm. uh, whether they're playing home or away. Um, Mexico hosts uh, Trinidad and Tobago. You expect Mexico to win there. And then the other game that's of major importance to us is Costa Rica and Honduras. Mm. Um, so they're the three games that are happening um, the penultimate games, obviously. If we have a look at the table, um, Mexico, 18 points. Costa Rica, 15 points. Panama, 10 points. USA, 9 points. Honduras, 9 points. So it's all about Panama, USA and Honduras. Mm. Um, you would expect um, uh, USA to go into the third position, which would drop Panama uh, uh, down to uh, at best fourth. And, and if Honduras can get a win... Um, that puts them, um, you know, potentially in fourth spot too. Okay. So it's all about uh, those games for Australia. But mm. things become a little clearer for us yeah. Saturday afternoon when these games are complete. Well, they come a little bit clearer on Tuesday night. I'm, I'm tipping that. Uh, I'm tipping we're going to be playing Honduras. That's that's my tip. Well, I hope so, Edge. All right, mate. Well done. Uh, stick around after the break. A special Tony Popovich edition of Stoppage Time. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you the Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Welcome back to Box to Box, the fourth official signals. There's a good 10 minutes left in stoppage time because we want to get into this Tony Popovich story. But before we do, guys, uh, we've all been affected by breast cancer. Um, and our friends at Storage King are wonderful supporters of the McGrath Foundation. Now, $1 from every tea chest box sold during the month of October will be donated donated to the McGrath Foundation. The offer applies to tea chest boxes. It's a period from the 1st of October to the 31st of October, so you need to see in store for more information. But uh, it is a wonderful cause. Um, the 
tragedy of, of Jay McGrath's passing uh, has, uh, has been well documented in, uh, in the history of, uh, of uh, breast cancer in this country over the past decade or so. The Australian cricket team has the, uh, the pink day at the Sydney Test and um, yeah, Dana, so uh, we encourage everyone to get along to Storage King. No, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a great um, charity. Um, as we say, who are... Glenn McGraw was some uh, mm-hmm. some cricketer, certainly as an England uh, supporter <laughs> of cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on the receiving end. I and think. ironically, he married the English Rose. Well, he did, and that's the thing, and that most probably just shows you that, you know, even when it's a sort of bigger competition between Australia and England at the Ashes, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people join each other and, uh, and become family. So it was, you know, really sad, but it's been a great foundation that uh, continues to grow. So that's a dollar from every TGS box sold during October. Get along to storageking.com.au or 1-800-STORAGE. Now, we've been bigging up this story throughout the course of the show. Uh, Edge, you've got strong opinions on it. Um, Dean is the, the coach in this room. You know, start us off, mate. What, what's your opinion on, on, on all of this? Is it professional football or is it unprofessional behaviour on Tony? Bob I think it uh, reflects poorly on Tony uh, for two reasons. Uh, he convinced a lot of players to uh, come to the club under his stewardship, including uh, one of their marquee signings, uh, the Alvaro Sujudo, who, um, who's actually broken news during the week saying that he only, only decided to sign to West, for Western Sydney because of Tony Popovich. And then when Popovich goes and takes Kalich and one of the other assistant coaches with him... And wanted to take Hayden Fox as well. Yeah, so I think it's um, not... Um, I just don't think it's, uh, it's kosher. Uh, and I think there's questions for me on the club's... Uh, contracting process of Popovich, I think that's one of them. But also, I think on a on a moral and ethical consideration for Tony, um, I'm not sure uh, that it's a good look for his reputation that uh, he's walked out on a club like that. Unless there is uh, issues at the club that we're not aware of, um, for me, it's a, it's not a good look. And and I, I I didn't I didn't think Tony Popovich was like that. Again, it's always it's always a difficult one. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I'll go the other way to make this obviously like any any form of debate or or thought process. But the number of managers that get sacked, you only have to go to England where a manager got a new job and it's gone, right? The brutal, harsh reality of being a manager in football, in worldwide football, it doesn't matter what your contract says. It doesn't matter say, how much... There's two types of coaches. Yeah. Those who have been sacked and the ones who are about to be sacked. Well, I remember when I got sacked for the very first time and the director of coaching for Victoria rang me and I was actually on the Balti Bridge at the time, driving. And I remember him ringing him going, I'm just giving the ring Dino to see how you're going. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you got sacked. He said, you've now become a proper manager. <laughs> and uh, it was quite refreshing. I didn't swerve off the bridge. I just carried on. But again, that that's the reality. You know, and there's an old saying, if you haven't been sacked, you haven't been a coach. Mm. And it's pretty poor. Yeah. It's a poor analogy, but the trouble is that's mm. the fact But the is. point you're obviously making there is that, it, that uh, they didn't have a great season last year. Um, if they had had a poor start to this season, then his neck would have been on the chopping block. So uh, he's just done what uh, he needs to do, and he I think in has his acted de- on his own behalf. In his defence, he has put it out there that if there was an opportunity to coach in Europe, mm. uh, again, I think they're third bottom mm. of that league, you know. So, that, but they're in the, mm. the top league from mm. what I'm, I'm led to believe and what I've heard. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity, and sometimes the European opportunity doesn't come that often. I know Ange has got. 
burning ambitions to go mm. into Europe and coach as well. I know he's touched it in the Greek, mm. you know, apprenticeship he had earlier on. But what I'm saying is I can see both sides. I'll go a little bit back with Edge, though, mm. is that... As a manager, a lot of players sign for you. Mm, mm. You know, it's it's your personality of convincing them to mm. choose you and your club versus another team. And then, like the, the the boy that you mentioned there in the opener about, you know, he's only signed because of Tony Popovich. It just slaps him in the face and goes, "Well, mm. what's this all about?" So, mm. I can see definitely both sides, but it's. I mean, I I thought it was a bit of like an April Fool's on mm, Facebook mm, when mm. it popped up there. Yeah. I saw our, our old mate Andy Pascalides, who was at the actual launch, didn't see that coming. No one did. Mm. But do you um, subscribe to the long-range conspiracy theory that uh, you know Palace are languishing? Um, Tony needs to get a bit of uh, European uh, sort of credibility to to back up his um, you know his uh, coaching pedigree at uh, the Wanderers and that he's aiming up for a, an EPL spot to, in, in the not too well, far the Crystal Palace uh, coaching jobs an ejector seat at, at the best of times but <laughs> yeah but he's a favourite son at isn't the he moment, at the moment he is, uh, <laughs> it is like that he's like a hot potato surely um, Mr Parrish isn't uh, the most loyal of guys I mean I six think coaches six, in 32 months or something I mean yeah. it's just ridiculous yeah, and this is where this is where now this is where the and this is when it comes back to why Popper mm. either does something or doesn't do something it's so unstable I mean, the, the, the coach, coaching game yeah. in most sports is... But football just has an unbelievable mm. way of going about it. Mm. And it's... I mean, how can you bring somebody in and then within three games, of which really was two games, because mm. the third game, they actually played really well and should have won at Burnley. I watched mm. that mm. game live. Um, it's really... I mean, I don't get it. And, and, and for me, what about this medium... Never mind, never mind long-term goals. Some medium-term goals. This, everything's short-term. It's a week by week. But let's just extend that for a moment. Just if you're a, a future club and you're looking at hiring Tony Popovich, surely the way he's departed Western mm. Sydney Wanderers would have been, you know, surely that's now brand, branded Tony Popovich from this day forward. Like mm. we're going to sign this bloke, but he, he may walk out at any but you, time. But you made the point though about um, about the Wanderers. Uh, you know, having a get-out clause for him in his contract, uh, you, you know that now. So when you sign him up next, no get-out clause, Tony, you're either here or you're not. If yeah, you leave early, you, can't you just keep don't someone. You, uh, at the end of the day, um, I mean, contracts are contracts, but at the end of the day, if you don't want to, someone doesn't want to be there, they don't want to be there. But but I, I've just, for me, I find it a bit strange. But to, just to move on, I mean, who is going to replace him? I mean, there seems to be a short list of three. Uh, I know Hayden Fox has said that he's interested in, in the position long-term, but obviously, um, Josip Gombau, uh, he's been named in dispatches as as well as Ante Milicic. Yeah. Um, you know they're the two two front runners along with um, along with Hayden Fox. So uh, my mail is that Gombao's got the job. Uh, look, I think Gombao's got results on the board. I mean, I think his job when he was at Adelaide did really really well. Um, so he's got that experience. Um, Foxy hasn't got that. He's been assistant and he's been around the game for a long long time. Played in Europe, uh, had a really good career. He's a top lad as well um, but that doesn't mean that being a top lad means yeah. you're a good manager and and again for younger coaches like him trying to get in to a decent first job yeah. at that level they're hard to come by you know and and for me I think if Gumbau 
is available um most probably that will be the way they'll swing but again we don't know i mean mm. I'm, I'm more concerned i think from what you said edge and i think this is key is how you allow a manager to be in a position to be able to do that a week before the start a week the before season. it so if there was no wriggle couldn't room be worse there, timing there couldn't. Well, well the man who allowed that clause in his contract john said seamus uh, um has said he's flabbergasted by the overwhelming amount of interest in the, the vacant head coach role. Well, and, of course he would be. And, I mean, and, really. and Postacoglu, Ange Postacoglu, says he'll endorse both Ante Milicic and Joseph Gombau for the uh, for the vacant role. So, um, you know, plenty of support from the uh, head honcho of Australia. Yeah, football. look, it's, it's, I think as well, if we can look beyond even this this story, and, and most probably Ange will come up into the next for me part of the reckoning of where does he go next once the international mm. you know th- this could end by next Tuesday mm. um, this could be all over Frange because obviously that. he's not going on don't say that no I'm, I'm just saying that's the, don't the, even the, think the, it that, well I'm not thinking it but you know, know. We, we've been there and done that and got t-shirts with this so that could happen I don't think it will I still think they'll come home and get the result done and then it depends on who we play uh, in the next round in November but that you know, we, again, we've got to start for planning now, and this is where you, you, your governing body, being the FFA, and, and the right people, and again, and that's, that's again, this is a worry is what the state of the nation is with the FFA as we speak, with a window of going to a new World Cup, which comes up sometime mid next year, what would be June, July, as, as per usual, and then all of a sudden we don't know the governance of it, we don't know where that's going to go next, and uh, for me, there's, so, there's more unknowns now in Australian football than actual knowns, so I think anything's on the like table. sound like Donald Rumsfeld, mate. There are known <laughs> unknowns. Ed, we don't know what we don't know. We don't Finish know. us off with there, mate. Oh, look, now I think uh, that's it, other than to say, just to pick up on uh, what Dano's point is, there was a bit of a news story during the week that in the event that uh, Ange Postacoglu uh, did uh, not overcome the Syrian hurdle that we face at the moment that uh, Graham Arnold would replace him, but but Arnie's come out and said during the week that he's had no contact with FFA whatsoever, Mm. uh, full stop. Um, To quote you, he would say that. Yep. (laughs) He said he's a great supporter of the Socceroos. I'm contracted to Sydney FC. I've got another 18 months here at Sydney. And isn't that an ominous way to end the program? And if they ask me to coach Australia, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's me adding what he's thinking. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, um, in our 100th anniversary edition next week, uh, we will get there. It's been a long journey, but we'll be dissecting Will Australia be going to the next phase of qualification? Where's the boxing? Uh, where's the where's the where's the boxing stuff, Nige? Because Rob and I have been boxing off uh, in the breaks. <laughs> yes, it's been. Uh, in <laughs> it's fact, been I've bit, been the referee with Nige, and we've been, been holding them some apart. editorial editorial um, disagreements. <laughs> and that's what's great about this show. Come on, and Nige. That, give... And that's why we call it Box to Box because Come it's on, a Nige. box on. Here we go. Exactly. Here we go. Box so, to box. <laughs> <laughs> that is full time on Box to Boxing. Join us next week when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game or the world ring.